Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The passion for the world's beautiful game has never been stronger. And now there is one place to get all your insight, analysis, and hot topic discussion. Especially if you're a fan of the five-time MLS Cup champion, LA Galaxy, or their heated rival, LAFC. It's time to roll out the ball and kick things off here on the Believe Podcast Network. Now, here are your hosts, former MLS goalkeeper Dan Kennedy and soccer broadcast veteran Mark Rogandino. It's time for another edition of Talking LAFC and the LA Galaxy here on the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Mark Rogandino and my man, Dan Kennedy. Or, or wait, 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 wait. Should I, should I say... Cowboy Dan, he's fresh, <laughs> off, he's fresh off stagecoach, everybody. I guess uh, we should probably start. I'm not DK fresh. With- I'll tell you that much. I am not fresh. <laughs> but we should start with the, the dying question that inquiring minds want to know, and that's uh, where did you get those jorts and that neck bandana that you were wearing out of stagecoach? Buddy. Buddy. Well, the, the jorts the jorts were uh, – they're actually just a pair of my jeans that I cut into jorts uh, last year at stagecoach. And the good news is, is they survived and they made it to this year. So I'm hoping that, you know, come, come 2020, they're, they're still in the, uh, in the wardrobe. Um, and then the bandanas, man, it's just, that's just what you got to do. It's actually, uh, it gets so dusty there that you need something to cover your face. That's so, weird because I didn't see anybody else in your photos or even your wife wearing one. <laughs> Everybody was wearing them. <laughs> oh, I thought that was the cowboy just a, hat. Just a trendsetter, dude. Whatever. <laughs> yes, you are. Yes, you are. Uh, by the way, some good stories. I was ex- I was expecting a little bit more, but my favorite was I think you and one of your buddies like doing the the giant cannonball through the the, the huge pool <laughs> pool toy or something like that, yeah, followed by had, a nice we nice had one of those in a course light. Yeah, we had one of those uh, water uh, bull bull riding toys, and like you literally can't you can't sit on the bull in 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 the water, and so it's it's a it's a real um, like bull riding challenge, and it just turned into shenanigans. It was too much fun, man. It was a well, nice little adulting. You, you, you can it was a nice sit little adulting weekend for uh, a couple of parents with young kids, you know. Yes, for sure, for sure. Uh, speaking of a good weekend, it was a busy weekend in Major League Soccer, uh, in particular, a really busy week for the LA Galaxy with the midwa- midweek game, as we discussed uh, last week here on Believe, uh, talking about the trip out to Minnesota and Allianz Field to take on the Loons, and then they had to go right back at it, back at home on Sunday against Real Salt Lake. When you put those two matches together, I mean, what sticks out for you? They they come away with four of a possible six points in the in those two games. Um, yeah, I was I was actually on, on the broadcast desk um, doing the pregame, postgame, and halftime show for for Spectrum at that Wednesday midweek game, and uh, it was just a little bit of a flat performance. But the the takeaway for me was. Uh, in a flat performance to go away in a midweek setting, you know, in a very, which is a very long trip to Minnesota um, and scrap a point, um, it, it's, a, it's a good sign, right? It's not, sure. it, it, you, you continue to maintain um, your momentum and, um, and then, you know, that eventually led them to them coming back home to, to California, Los Angeles, and 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 scrubbing three points on on a decent Real Salt Lake team, and and you knew that with this fresh new field for Minnesota United, uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic coming there and a sold out crowd there at Allianz Field, uh, you knew it was going to be a lit environment, right? It was going to be a fantastic midweek affair out there uh, in the Twin Cities. So to your point, but honestly, nil-nil, I was expecting, and if you go back to our predictions, I mean, I was expecting goals in this game. Yeah, I thought there was goals in that game too. And and we discussed the atmosphere and and the excitement. And I felt like, and and maybe this is, uh, you know, what we're learning is is Galaxy uh, defend, defend pretty darn well. Um, and they're not now, really now they're now they're starting to correct. But that, yes. you know, this is when you start linking together some games where you, you're giving up one goal in three games, um, then you, you start to build this confidence that, OK, well, we're not getting a lot going in the attack, but they just can't hurt us. And and that's what the, when I was watching the game, 
for both teams. It just didn't look like either team was going to hurt the other one. Uh, a lot of a lot of play in midfield. Uh, Galaxy um, could have probably done a better job of getting the ball wide and and trying to just whip some balls into the box. Um, and but in, in the end, yeah, it was just just a little bit flat from both teams. And I think that's you get it, it's almost tricky, Rogues, when you get into you know seven to ten games played. You're you're starting to fill some bumps and bruises um, of the season, and uh, those bumps and bruises, when you add a midweek game, you just the sprint counts go down on players and. And guys are just not quite covering as much ground, and these these uh, metrics are now um, heavily monitored, right? Whoa, whoa, whoa. And, and sprint count. I mean, yeah, yeah, you, and you're that's, going you know, this, this, yeah, this was actually just starting to come into play when I was leaving the game. But they would talk about you know monitoring players' sprints in a match, and and a player should be sprinting. I don't know, twenty five times. Definitely not that for a goalkeeper, but. Um, and then you'd play a midweek game, and those sprint counts would drop to like 15, or or or, or they would they would dramatically drop, and that's a that's a that's a subconscious sign of a player just trying to conserve. Uh, so I'm scoreless out there, and a point on the road always a good thing, as we talk about. Uh, we'll even discuss that with LAFC in a moment, but but then they come back on Sunday and have to turn around four days later and play host to Real Salt Lake, a team that has had its struggles. Uh, so far this season, and and for me, uh, it's a little disappointing that uh, that that maybe in Nick Armando's swan song that it isn't going better. Obviously, I have a we we both have a soft spot in our heart for for right. great goalkeeping, and Nick Armando surely is that. Uh, but Ibra again, he strikes for the game winner in the second half, final quarter hour. I believe it was the 78th minute. Uh, but one of the big talking points is is going to be his manner of his celebration following hitting that that second goal of the game for LAG. Well, just talking about the goal in itself. I mean, the the technique for him to to roof that ball into the top of the net. I mean that it, he he gives the goalkeeper no chance. Um, and it just God, the, he, the majority of his goals seem that way. You know, um, spectacular, a lot spectacular, of spectacular, and its timing and technique is is just something that you do not see from players of his size and stature. And that's that that's really what it comes down to. So now t- typically you're talking about world class players and they're not, you know, they're five, eight to, to maybe six foot. And uh, and, and now not only does he have that world class technique uh, and, and timing and vision of the game, but he is a he's a monster. And so he's a complete mismatch. Now, the you know, what people get up in arms about is is the trash talking for me, rogues. This is ridiculous. Like Kyle Martin, or I'm sorry, Kyle Beckerman. Like that's how he plays every game. The guy helps him get locked. Probably helps him get locked in. Helps him get locked in, and I love it. I loved playing against it because I knew it was going to bring the best out of me. And 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 for me, that's the nature of this game. All you ever heard about about Michael Jordan was he was the best trash trash talk talker in the game. Right. Like, that's what this game is about, man. It is a one V one matchup. It's me versus you a lot of the time. And we got to get going and we got to sort ourselves out. And so there might be some, you know, MFs on the other side of it. And I'm going to tell you, I'm coming at you today. And some days maybe I don't have the confidence to tell you that. Right. But that's the name of the game. And so when when you're in this one V one battle, man, if the, the biggest thing for me if I was that defender and Eber got in my face, there would be a problem. We would have an issue. There would be some cards. Yeah, because right, no right. one. I'm not going to let anybody disrespect me on the field like that. Which which brings to mind a question and a comment along those lines. First, the comment would be, uh, but trash talking has changed. Uh, you mentioned Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan was dribbling the ball up through midcourt, and he was telling you, "All right, I'm going to take you. I'm going to go to my. I'm going to go to my right hand, and I'm going right. to pull up at an elbow jumper, and I'm going to drop it on you." He was. Right. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't point in your finger in your face uh, as you see more often and not in the NBA. And then it leads to a, to a, a little scuffle out on the court. So Ibra was up close to the RSL defender. And again, I'm, I'm with you. I am okay with that because our game needs that. Our game needs personalities. Our game needs fiery characters like that. And, and again, in this case, uh, I think it was Ibra in the moment. They needed a game winner. He produces it in the final 15 minutes 
Uh, and it's yeah, like, and Joseph, it's like Joseph, Joseph Dickerson, the referee in that game, he, he should have carded Ibra. Like it is, that is so in, in the rules of the game, that is unsportsmanlike contact conduct yeah. that, that is a yellow card. Oh, that's okay. That's fine. Yeah. But in, in, from a, from a, from a player perspective, from a competitor, uh, perspective, this is what it's all about. This is what yes. it's about. This is what you are on the field. You are on the field to shut some people up. And and that's uh, I mean, that's my perspective. So my question then for you is, uh, and I'm putting you on the spot here for a moment, can you think back to one or two particular guys that were, you know, th- they they were talking a lot. They were there was a lot of trash talk coming from them during your playing days. Um, or even a guy you know, on your own even a guy on yeah. your own squad. Yeah, no, actually I remember one game, me and Mike McGee were just going at it. And, you know, that, that, that's just the way it was. I think maybe I knocked him off the ball or, or, or something or another, and then it just started something and we were just going back and forth. And it was like, no, you shut up, dude, you shut up. And Mike's one of my good buddies. You know what I mean? And that's, that, that's kind of how, how it is, um, where you, you make a play or you think you did somebody dirty or somebody thinks that you did them dirty, uh, or you, you were a little bit, you know, nasty on a challenge and that just kind of kicks it off. And then, you know what? The reality is, Ibra, he's the one with the bragging rights. And that's where the yep. ref can step in and say, hey, you took it too far. Here's your yellow card. But from my perspective as a player, man, you, you got to, if you're going to, if you're going to chirp, you got to let your player play the, do, do the talking. And if it doesn't, you better accept what's coming your way. But it sounds like they were going back and forth the whole game. And then, fi- and then finally, Ibra can turn and the, the old one word phrase, he could just be like scoreboard, that's you know, right, I mean, right <laughs> there at hurts, the end of the it, Nothing it, hurts worse. Um, and by the way, I, I love it in particular when you're talking about what goalkeepers are doing when they're nasty like that, especially when there is a, a crossing the, I mean, you want those, even a guy like Eva, right? You want him to fear coming inside your area when he's not, when he's, he starts to look over his shoulder where you're at, then you got him out of his game. Yeah, that's right. And I think, you know, we were talking, we're going to bring, we're going to bring Jimmy Conrad on today and, and we're, we're going to be lucky to have him. Um, and we'll ask him how, how to defend a guy like Ibra. And, you know, he's a center back that has to match up with guys like this. But, you know, the reality is Ibra is just an anomaly. What I would do as a goalkeeper is, is I would try to, yeah, to your point, that, let's be a little aggressive on crosses here. And let's try to get a couple licks in if, if any cross gets floated and teed up for me to go take. And, yeah, and let him let backspin. let him let him know. Yeah, that's right. Let him know I'm here and I'm coming. And when I come, I'm coming hard. And the reality is he may be four inches taller than me. But, man, once I stick my arms up, I'm going to be about a foot taller than him. I can go get that ball. Yeah, that was that was the all important equalizer, right? The, the, the knee up and just flying yeah. out to get yeah. you're under and, control, but flying out to get a ball in the area and just no one wants to get in the way of that. Especially after you make contact with one person one time, they, they start ducking. They start yeah. ducking. Uh, let's move over to LAFC for a moment. Uh, as you mentioned, we're going to bring Jimmy Conrad on here in a little bit uh, to, to both of our former teammates, my playing days in uh, San Diego State and yours with uh, Chivas USA. Um, LAFC, uh, I think a disappointment on the weekend. You've got a 10-man and eventually 9-man, but that was only for the last minute or two of stoppage time, but a 10-man shorthanded sounder side uh, for 70-plus minutes and you still can't find a way to squash them. It ends 1-1, and you know I think this is much different than saying the Galaxy go to Minnesota and take a point on the road. I agree. And, well, first of all, let me, the, let me rewind a little bit. Christian Roldan's red card is so soft for me. I understand the, the hands-to-face rule, but if you watch the replay, Christian, Christian has, gets his arms out. His arms get shoved out of the way. In the process, it, 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 it hits, what is it, a twista in the face. A twista yes. flops to the ground like a fish, which this this part of the game for me is the worst. Like the when, when guys touch heads and, and one guy flops, any of this flopping drives me absolutely nuts. And, and – so and it's not just me, major league soccer. It's not just major no, league soccer. No, 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 it's no. Around no. It's, it's around the world. It's around the world right now. It, that's right. And it's in basketball. It's in football now. It's in every sport yes. now. Yes. It's not just soccer. And for me, it's this is a this is a character test. Like what 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 do you want to be? What do you want to be? You want to be? You want to flop? You want to try to gain an edge by flopping or not? And I, my way of playing was just not that way. I remember one time I went down soft and and Stephen Linhart got a yellow card and I apologized to him after the game because I, I went down too soft. 
Like I tried to go down and he got a second yellow card and it, it was, it, to me, it felt wrong, you know? And, mm. and so this, it shouldn't have been a red card on Christian Roldan. He's off the field and now it is a game on advantage LAFC. And the way this thing started rogues, I was like, this thing's going to be five to five. What was it? Two, right. It was one, one after four minutes. What? <laughs> and that's how it ended. I know. Unbelie- unbelievable. Uh, by the way, Stephen Lennart, uh, he was the original Lion, by the way, uh, playing in in Major League Soccer. Uh, mo- most of his most of his uh, big moments, I would say, coming as he was part of that Goonies team with yeah, our good friend Alan, Alan Alan Gordon up there uh, with the San Jose Earthquakes. Uh, but but you know, Christian Ramirez misses a chance early in the second half. Uh, LAFC had the lion's share of the possession. I. I you know Bob Bradley better than I do. I would think that he would be disappointed that his team didn't come away with three points, especially oh. given the fact they had just seen that team a week before and had a full week to prepare to go up there to Seattle. Yeah, so one thing that happens when there's a red card in a game, though, is is the tactics of the team that's been uh, had a man sent off change dramatically. And so all that happened now is Ladero started playing deeper. Jordan Morris is up top on an island on his own. And the back four of Seattle Sounders no longer takes any chances. And you are now trying to break down a team that is not really willing to open themselves up. And when you go play on the road somewhere, you kind of depend on the other team to, to try to get at you a little bit, to create some space for yourself to take some chances. And it, and it really kind of uh, just changed the whole game plan or tactics for, for LAFC. And, I mean, Seattle almost they, they they dug in a way that once Christian Ramirez missed that sitter, uh, it, it was like, okay, well, it's it, this thing's gonna end and gonna end one to one. You could see uh, for it wasn't for a lack of effort of LAFC by any stretch of the imagination, in my opinion, but it was just a the Seattle team ha- had their day and and they were fighting and clawing. And then the one chance that that LAFC have breaking in behind the defense, and what do you know, second red card comes. And and I will say this, Seattle had the chance actually to shock everyone before I think it was Leardom got the got the second red card of the game uh, late in the match. But right before that, Brad Smith. And if you get a chance, folks, watch this kid. Uh, he, he's on loan. He plays the left back spot for Seattle. He he has a amazing run down the left side where somehow in like the 90th minute he runs past two or three LAFC players. He cuts inside and literally right. has a chance to right. side foot it home to win right. the game. And somehow numbers get back for LAFC. Tyler Miller sprawls out and gets a hand on it. And somehow hey, it was a uh, scramble. Black- oh, but this is you got to watch this guy. This guy is I didn't know a ton about him. And now that I've seen him a couple of weeks in a row, this is a really good player. And he's going to do if he can stay healthy, he's going to be an integral part uh, of the Sounders and what they they will try to accomplish this season. Uh, and again, I agree with you, Dan. If you look at that red card for uh, Christian rolled on, there is no question to me uh, by the letter of the law, by the letter of the law. That's why he got the red card. But if we went back even two years ago, it's just a yellow. Yeah. And the letter, this is, this is what the most difficult thing for referees, uh, is, is it's judgment. It's judgment. And you always, as a center official, you always have the power to make a judgment call. So letter of the law. Yes. Hand, a hand touches the face. That's a red card. Well, if the hand is moved by a, a, someone else's arm and touches a face, then let's that's, that's, that's be a little bit wiser here. And so the, the one thing the VAR has done is now you get to go watch the playback and you say, well, the letter of the law in real time says that a hand to the face is a red card. So now I'm going to go give it to a red, uh, give him a red card. And, and to me, the, the judgment from Ted Uncle was just was just poor. I guess, um, I guess there's o- there's only one thing to say at the end of all that. You know what that is, right? Tell me. 
Uncle! All right, we, we digress a little bit here on the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Coming up, uh, we are going to break down the matchups for the Galaxy and LAFC coming up on the weekend as uh, they both get an opportunity for a little East Coast-West Coast thriller taking on teams from the Eastern Conference. We'll have that for you. We'll make our picks. Uh, but first, as promised, we bring on uh, a former MLS Defender of the Year and a good friend. Uh, we're really excited to have him on. Uh, we check in with Jimmy Conrad. And without further ado, uh, we get to bring in, I don't get to say this very often, one of my former teammates from way back in the San Diego State <laughs> Aztec days. I didn't know but this. Also, but also a former teammate of yours, Dan Kennedy, from the Chivas USA days. We welcome in James P. Conrad into the fold here on the Believe Sports Podcast Network. J- should I say Jimmy, James, Conradino, JC, or maybe even just Coach, Jim, <laughs> Co- Coach Jimmy? Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, whatever it floats your boat, guys. You know, whatever makes you feel comfortable and warm and fuzzy inside is is what I'm, I'm what I'm cool with. Well, you know what's going to make me feel warm and fuzzy is if uh, is if you actually maybe have a story or two about Dan Kennedy uh, that is uh, we can go PG or PG thirteen rated and we can get to some of that while you're on with us here. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, that guy is a brick wall. Uh, <laughs> you know, he, he has the body that I aspired to but could never reach. And you uh, too, huh? You too, huh? Yeah, yeah. You know, the, ch- the chiseled good looks. I mean, Dan Kennedy is the person I wanted to be, but just I am who I am. And I had to just I had to accept being second. You know what I mean, Rogo? <laughs> yeah, Welcome man. to my life, Jimmy. Welcome to my life. Coach, Jim- <laughs> Coach Jimmy, thanks for coming on, man. Still my favorite. Uh, my, my favorite clips of anything that you do is the Coach Jimmy clips. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I, it was a bit of a, a lark. I thought I had a, I had an idea to do it around the World Cup last summer and it just caught a lot of steam. And now. What's crazy is that when you get into this space of content creation, you throw stuff up against the wall, you see what sticks, and now right. I have AT&T. AT&T wants to brand my Coach Jimmy series, which is crazy. Oh, my God, you know? it's gold. So, so now I get, I get theoretically or technically I get paid to, uh, to do Coach Jimmy, which is, which is surreal. That's well, let me just, let, and let me just say, I, I do know a pretty decent play-by-play soccer announcer that if they needed to incorporate a voice <laughs> into any of that stuff for AT&T, I'll be, I'll be happy to connect you with them. You know what? I might have some side hustles for you guys. So you just let's let's talk off, oh, off love it. podcast. Yeah, love it. we're hustling, buddy. We're hustling. That's for sure. Hey, what I was going to say is what's making it easy on us is both L.A. clubs are killing it right now. Yeah, I mean, it's unbelievable how well they're playing. I was a little fearful because I wanted the Galaxy to be better than they were last season uh, with the hire of uh, Guillermo Barascoloto. He had had so much success in Argentina that I thought, Man, I, I hope it translates right. to MLS, which obviously is a different beast. And it took him a few games. I think he probably had to establish a a nice relationship with Zlatan, you know, in terms of expectations and, and uh, getting everybody on the same page. And I think he's done great. So I'm really excited to where the Galaxy stand right now. And then I think Bob Bradley's done an excellent job with LAFC. Uh, he did a very good job scouting, you know, getting the players that he knew were going to be successful in this league and then getting everybody on the same page. And, what I really like is that he's starting to shed that Bunker Bob, you know, um, moniker because for a long time, you know, he's very defense-oriented first, and now with this team, it feels like he's relaxed. He can go forward, and, and he's obviously got the league current yeah. league MVP candidate in uh, Carlos Vela. Yeah, that's a, a good point. I mean, his, his teams um, ha- have been very uh, disciplined and, and structured defensively and then only have had, you know, a couple difference makers – uh, going forward, and now the, you're right, Jimmy. The the LAFC squad that 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 plays today is uh, fluid and and attack minded, and they I mean they put teams under pressure the the entire game. And I want I mean you know Bob talked a lot about his evolution as a coach coming back and the the experiences he had with Egypt and and Swansea, but um, he's he's definitely evolved as a coach, and he's even. Bunker the the bunker Bob I mean defensively tactics but I I feel like he's loosened up uh, in, in general with media with players it feels like that that locker room is a little bit looser than maybe locker rooms of of, of his past. No, there's no question. Uh, you know, one of my I used to watch Bob when I was with the national team. You know, I didn't always start, so I'd go in at halftime and listen to what he had to say and and how he'd set up the teams and it always felt like at that time in his coaching career, maybe that's just how, where he was uh, in his coaching mentality was the fact that 
it, it, it always felt like he thought the other team was so much better than us. That was the underlying message that I always – because we were so set up to, to defend mm-hmm. and so set up to play that empty bucket where we'd have basically eight guys in a block. Uh, it, it, it's like, man, I mean, I, I, that's why I appreciated Bruce a little bit in terms of a compare and contrast because Bruce was a little bit more like, you know what, F those other guys. You know, we're going to go out there. We're going to put our stamp on things. We need to be smart. But don't be, don't be afraid to be yourselves, you know. And uh, right. I think I responded to that a little bit better as a player than, than what Bob had in mind, where it just felt like he just assumed we were, we were worse than the other team. And you know what, that might, that might have been true, we were worse than the other team. But you still wanted to have a coach that maybe believed in you that you could do the business at times. Now, right. in saying that, Bob had tremendous success with, with, uh, with the national team. We won our first group in World Cup history and so on and so forth. But uh, I do like that he's loosened up. I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see that he's evolved and he has the horses to do it, though. Let's be honest. You know, yeah. he did a very good job of, of attracting these guys, uh, very similar to what he built with the Chicago Fire, where he had a little bit of time to build his team and to identify players that he thought would have success. You know, then you win some sweepstakes. You know, Peter Novak pans out. Lubis Kubik, the guy in the back, pans out. And then you have some emerging players. He drafts Carlos Bocanegra, Demarcus Beasley, Ante Razov. Like, it all came Chris Armis. I mean, that team was so right. good. Right. So, you know, I, I liken it a lot to that early Chicago Fire team that he put together where they, they knew who they were, they knew what their identity was, and they, they executed at the highest level. Well, and they won, a, they, they won a, couple, a, a couple championships in their inaugural season as well. That's right. Yep. I'm, I'm, I'm over here scratching my head because you guys are, are shedding all this light on, on No More Bunker Bob and, and him kind of lightening up with the media. You know, I get to see him on a weekly basis. I, I must have missed a couple of those days. I mean, I love Bob. <laughs> I, 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 I love Bob, but boy, is he tough when I go to and try and do some one-on-one conversations with him sometimes, man. Yeah, I, I yeah, actually, I, Rose, I, I experienced that last year with Fox as well. But um, I, I would say, like, the – the documentary behind the scenes of LAFC, um, sure. the way sure. that the players seem to be responding to him. Jimmy, Jimmy touched on it. Like he, he felt a weight uh, playing a system that was so defensive. Right. And, and when you watch those players play, there's freedom, man, they are going. Yeah. I think the parameters that Bob has set, right, uh, feel a little bit looser. It, when he was with the national team or maybe when he is coaching a team that he doesn't think is that good, then you can see him, those parameters get a little bit tighter. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't want those that, the, the players to have as much freedom within those parameters, whereas now I think he's loosened up a bit. But, again, when you have special players like Carlos Vela who can turn up a, you know, a, a game on a dime on one play, it, it makes it easier, and it takes a lot of pressure off the defense to have to be perfect all the time. And, and – I think that's been to LAFC's great success this season. Now, Rogues, with regard to your handling with Bob, he's testing you. Uh, <laughs> it's always it's a it's a competition with that dude. He's testing to see how much you know about the game, and if he doesn't respect what you what what you know about the game, he's just not gonna he's gonna give you bullshit answers, man. So, um, you know, he's gonna poke and prod and challenge you. Some of his quotes that he's come out, he's swinging these days about how the system's set up here and, and this, that, and the other, and and he's taking some big swings. And I respect it. He's putting himself out there, and he has a, an opinion. Whether you agree with it or not, he, he has his beliefs. And, and I feel like he's always testing the media because he made a comment during the MLS Super Draft, which was like, you guys don't know anything. And I thought that was, you know, a little bit unfair because all well, of a, a sudden you general. criticized him. <laughs> yeah, but you criticized him in a little bit. and, and Exactly. And he, the, the walls go up, and you're like, dude. You know, we're all like you're in a you're in a sphere. You have a job where you're going to be open to criticism. If you can't handle that part of the job, you shouldn't come out here and just start blasting everybody about how nobody knows anything. You know, I just, you know, and this this is also directed at former players like ourselves. Right. You know, and you're like, well, wait a second. So, there, those are um, those are comments that I think I could do without at times. Um, you know, for his pointed comments that he makes at the media, it'd be nice if he received it in a certain way. Like, you know, respect goes both ways. So, um, no, for sure, for sure. Know, this and, is, this and is I, probably getting deep into more personal stuff between him and I, yeah. but uh, we, don't, we don't have to go there. This, is a, this isn't a therapy session, is it? Well, it, it, sometimes it can be, Jimmy, honestly. Well, Rogue, Rogue is and lay, I, Rogues is laying on a couch, so. I do, and I do <laughs> have that, I do have that psychology degree from, uh, from San Diego State. Uh, you know, let's, let's focus on that World team, renowned. though, for a moment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, for, for a moment, Jimmy, um, 
you know, you mentioned content with what you do with your YouTube channel now and obviously on Twitch where people can can see you surrounding, uh, you know, whether it's esports or games. So content is a big thing. And LAFC is having success on the field, but it's also become much bigger than that, I would say, from my perspective. And, and maybe you can shed a little light on it and the fact that uh, the soccer culture for LAFC is maybe something that MLS hasn't seen in its existence so far. I would say that they're doing an excellent job of anticipating. Uh, what I think they do better than maybe most MLS teams is they're doing less reacting. Like, you know, they'll see some trend or something viral going around and they'll try to hop on that as opposed to they're not doing that as much. They're trying to set their own trends. They're starting to, to create their own identity of how the voice and narrative that they want to come, uh, not only out of the club, but, but how they support their uh, supporters' culture and all that good stuff. So, yeah, on that sense, I think this, this league in general, we're notorious for, for a lot of decisions, both on and off the field, of always reacting. We're always reacting as opposed to anticipating and having somebody look ahead and be like, hey, in five years, we want our club or our league to look like this. And I think LAFC have put those people in place. And I think, you know, we've been behind the scenes enough to know that it's just, it's not due to a lack of people wanting to, to be there, be, be in a position to anticipate and, and shape the league in a positive, or clubs in a positive way. It's just we don't have enough people. You see, everybody in, in soccer wears 17 different hats, you know, so and, true. and it's, hard for, it's hard for anybody to really push forward or commit all their energy to one of those, just wearing one of those hats and being as good as they can at that. And I think that, that holds the league back in the sport in this country uh, in, in some ways. Now, what LAFC is doing is I think they've hired more than enough people that are capable and are allowing them, just like Bob is doing, to, to be themselves and to put their own fingerprints on why this club is special. And where I think they have a big advantage, and I think Atlanta's there too, is that they had a nice run-up towards creating that identity. They had a nice run-up to this is how we want to establish things. Whereas, you know, the Galaxy or, or any other club that's been around for a long time, they, they have a history attached to them. They have, for, for, even if it's successful, they have baggage. And so their narrative has already been shaped in some ways by past success or failures, whereas LAFC kind of comes in clean. Now, on the flip side of this, LAFC has had great success to start. I question and wonder how that would be if they were losing and if right. they weren't winning games. And then... Yeah then to see how tight Bob made things. Because yeah, I, that's I for sure. And if, if things aren't going well under a Bob Bradley regime, uh, social media is one of the first things to go. Having fun is one of the first things, to, you know, out, off, off the field. It's one of the first things to go. That podcast with some of the players, right. Jordan Harvey and Stephen Bettisher, would be one of the first things to go. So everything's great now. But they're going to run into some adversity at some point. And now then I want to see what, what the club's made of because that will really determine uh, what they're going to look like moving forward. Uh, Jimmy, I mean, geez, that like great, great insight. And and this is, you know, a lot of times when we have guests on what we're always trying to kind of dig, dig into is like the compare comparison between these these two clubs and touching on the the history that that has shaped the galaxy and then the emphasis of 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 LAFC and and the culture that they've established. But uh, to your point, I mean, a large part of it has been driven um, week over week by uh, consistent performances and, and, and the exciting start and success of, of, of the club. Um, when was the last time you, you were down at Bank of uh, California Stadium? I have not been there yet. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm Dude, from you the LA go. area. I, yeah. yeah, of course. I'm super excited that the club exists and it's the stadium is where it is. Right. My mom worked at USC for 15 years. I'm, I'm, I'm a UCLA kid, and I, I should be there. I should have been there already, but it just hasn't really worked out. I've moved from New York to San Francisco and just trying to get you know, my, my stuff going here. And So, yeah, I mean, that's, I'm, I'm coming up with excuses. I should have already been down right. there, and I hope to be Yeah, there you soon. should have been, especially, yeah, it's, it, it is a, it, it's a truly unique experience in Major League Soccer, and it's just so, it's so uh, different from, from what you experience at, at the StubHub Center. And, um, I, I've said it before, but the StubHub Center still it whole, it, it is a unique stadium, and it's beautiful to play in. Um, and the the fan base is is committed. Um, LAFC is just a, it's a different animal. They they've mm -hmm. they've captured um, they've captured something there culturally that that is uh, it's a it's a spectacle. And the stadium the stadium is just new, so there's some there's some really cool features to it: internal bars, etc. Yeah, I would that, say that's where, yeah, Rogues, I mean, that's where Rogues and I are always at. Yeah, yeah by the no, pool. Well, as, as you should be. You, you guys have earned the, that, that, that time at the bar. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 
you put a lot of mileage on your bodies uh, along the way. I, I again, I, I don't want to take anything away from LAFC. I want to continue to to uh, give them a shout out and, and push them up and say positive things because for me, it looks like they've done everything right on all fronts, and now they have a winning team. I just question what it looks like when things aren't so good on the field because we can look at Atlanta United now. Everything was great with that club, dude. Right. They had success in year one. They won it in year two. And now the goddamn wheels are falling off the truck because <laughs> they don't have a winning team and they don't know what to do. So all of a sudden, you watch their content. The content is a little bit more guarded. Uh, right. They don't necessarily want to show their players having fun in the middle of a slump when they're not winning home games. Everything right. is being shaped by what's happening on the field. And so it's easy when things are going well. It's much harder uh, yeah. when it's not. Yeah. We, it, I, I worked with the earthquakes last year, dude. So the earthquakes... I had a whole bunch of fun stuff planned with Joe Cannon. We were going to go out and do some stuff with players. And every time they stopped, they didn't win a game, the, the club's like, ah, we don't really want to do that because we, you know, we don't want the fans to think that we're not taking what's happening seriously. And I totally understand where they're coming from. But it, it tapped the brakes on doing any type of content that would be engaging ultimately. And they had to play right. it straight. And so right now, I just, I just at some point, because we can use Atlanta as an example, and they're a great one to compare to LAFC, they don't know what to do, and that fan base is losing their minds because they've had a certain expectation when they started, and now things aren't going as planned. And all of a sudden, they have to be careful. And uh, that's the interesting thing about content creation in particular, especially uh, when it comes from a club. So I'm, I'm kind of curious to see when and where that happens, if it does. I mean, Bob's done a great job. If he had stayed with the Chicago Fire way back when, you know, I'm sure they would be much more prominent than they are now or had even more of a history of winning trophies because that's what Bob does. And, um, you know, I just look forward to seeing how it goes as this progresses. Jimmy, let, let, me, let me hop in and say, first of all, you tell me when you and the girls and your wife want to come down to LAFC. We got, I got you set up. We, 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 got, we got a great spot for you to come, and I'll even take you uh, the VIP way to the back up to the Hornitos Bar if you need be. Oh, uh, um, I'm in. The Hornitos and, Bar and, sounds like my kind of place. Yeah, and uh, but but switching over to LA Galaxy just for a moment. Obviously, you had a lot of success as a center back, both for club and country. Uh, and you talked about Zlatan when you in your first comments here with us on the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Uh, how would you defend a guy like that? You know, somebody like Zlatan, you want to make sure he receives the ball as far away from goal as possible. You know, he's going to go get his touches. He's a guy that needs to be around the ball to feel like he's involved in the game. Or I guess he's just going to start running his mouth and talking trash to center backs uh, for him <laughs> to feel engaged. Uh, but, um, you know, he, he's a guy that has to be around it. He has to be influential in some ways. And if he's waiting on crosses that may not be coming or any kind of service, you know, it's, it's, that's how you want to frustrate him. So you really want to – you can't really stop him. You just want to stop the outlets that are coming to him to really stifle any type of creativity. Now, with a guy like him, he gets frustrated. I remember seeing it with Thierry Henry. These guys need to see the ball. Otherwise, they're going to get chippy. Uh, they're going to start um, maybe throwing arms, you know, or whatever it is. And because they, they you know, whatever reason, they well, not whatever reason, they played at a high level for a long time, and if they're not getting the same type of services they've been accustomed to playing for the biggest clubs in the world, it, it, gets, it gets to them. So, yeah, you just have to stifle the service that they get. And just know that he is going to get more physical as the game goes on because of his frustration levels. So that's the best way to stop him. You know, it's one of those things. You can't stop him. You just hope to contain him. And I think the best way to do that is to starve his service. Are, are, are you at all surprised that a guy at this age is terrorizing and tearing through Major League Soccer at the way he's doing it? No, not at all. Uh, he is unlike any athlete that I think a lot of us have seen. And he's probably in the top 1% of the 1% of the 1% who's just a freak athlete who takes very good care of himself. So it's not like he's out drinking and partying Ronaldinho style or anything. He's, <laughs> you can tell that he's doing the things, uh, you know, he's doing the things off the field, whether it's, you know, yoga or, or karate or any of the martial arts stuff, which I think gives him a lot of flexibility uh, in his body and, and keeps him fresh and vibrant. And I think he takes, I mean, it's clear when he, when he rips off his shirt that he's taking care of himself. So you know, I, I, I think as much as he tries to pretend, at, at maybe at times, that he's not like a top professional, I think the guy does the stuff behind the scenes that give you longevity in this game. And I think he's super sharp and he's competitive and he's got all the necessary ingredients to have a long career, and it, it's, that's bearing fruit. DK, who would have known? Martial arts, that's where I need to be. Yeah, well, you can. The, the, the interesting thing is, is when you watch Ibra play, I mean, there is a goal. I, th I think he scored against Toronto last year where mm -hmm. it was just like a, a back heel roundhouse kick that no other player could pull off. 
And or don't um, even don't. It's not even no player would try pull off. It's just they wouldn't even consider trying it. You right, know, I mean that's right. what. You know, not only is it his ability with his body, but also just the, the mental creativity to be like, you know, f you guys, I'm Zlatan, I'm going to try whatever I want. Yeah. So, uh, and he and he just pulls off stuff, which is great. You never know; he might have been watching Karate Kid. You know, <laughs> fair, wax little, on, wax off. My that's, that's right, little Dan- Ra- Ralph Macchio chan- channeling Danielson exactly. That's right. <laughs> that's right. So, hey, Jimmy, what if you're if you're picking one team to uh, to take the supporter shield? Um, and, and make a run at an MLS Cup between LA Galaxy and LAFC, who do you like more? I think that LAFC is better positioned if everybody stays healthy. I think if Carlos Vela does not go with the Mexican national team, that really sets up LAFC to have a run through the Gold Cup where I think some, some teams are going to lose players, some significant players. And uh, yeah, I, I, I just think they're set up better. Uh, I do like what... Guillermo Barros-Scoloto has done, especially on the defensive side of the ball. They seem a lot right. more organized. Uh, they seem harder to break down. But when you emphasize that, you know, the freewheeling Galaxy that were scoring four goals a game to have to win last year is probably gone. And so there is some sacrifice there. I just, when I look at the teams, I think pound for pound, LAFC just has a better team, maybe a little bit more depth. And the Galaxy are still kind of heavily relying on a few players to carry the load. If Carlos Vela doesn't score. You know, I think maybe LAFC runs into some issues, but but they still have other outlets and different guys to make it happen. And and I just think overall LAFC is better positioned. But I don't want to discount the Galaxy. They honestly define odds, in my opinion, with regard to how they're playing so far this season. I thought it was going to take Scalotto a little bit longer to get everybody on the same page and, and working together, but he's got that figured out pretty quick. Well, Jimmy, I mean, come on, come on. I mean, this is just you're just you're you're killing it on here. I I, I don't typically just agree with everybody, but I'm kind of agreeing with you today. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't know if you want to talk Chivas USA or not, but I guess we can save that for the next podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm not sure this podcast is long enough, buddy. <laughs> Where players' careers go to die, Chivas USA, come join us. Yeah. Oh well, <laughs> hey. Let's not forget, man. It all started with the San Diego Flash for you. So you it know did, I mean, that it did. It that did. that was and people are like San Diego Flash. What is that? Uh, Jimmy, tell tell us a little bit about off the field because you're crushing it as far as just like your 13 year career in MLS. You're crushing it off the field. Uh, I mentioned the YouTube channel you've got going with with uh, hundreds of thousands of subscribers and and uh, your Twitch platform and you're big in the esports stuff with with covering FIFA soccer. Give us a little breakdown. Yeah, I don't know where you want to start. I mean, ultimately, I just try to be everywhere in some capacity because from a content creation standpoint, if you're trying to attract brands, let's say, to work with you and partner with you, which is the way I butter my bread, you know, the more visibility I have, the more platforms I'm on, the more real estate I'm creating, and that's more audience that I can run brands against. So, you know, I work with AT&T. It's my third year as an ambassador. Because I'm on Twitch, because I'm on YouTube, and I have presence on Instagram and Twitter, there are plenty of platforms where they can kind of pick and choose which ones they want to have visibility on and which ones they think I have the most impact uh, with my audience. And then we create some content around that, and it's, uh, it's been fun. It's been fun to get into this space. Uh, it's still brand new in a lot of different ways. I feel like we're on the ground floor with regard to social media and how things work. And now that I've gone on to Twitch, which is, which is a live streaming platform and people associate with video games, I'm basically doing a live podcast or I'd like to call it more of like a live variety show where I have guests on, but then we'll watch games together. And uh, actually I had the GA Cup final, the U17 final was live on my channel, which was really neat that uh, MLS and Twitch uh, allowed me to have the rights to that game. So I watched the Sounders U17s take on Valencia U17s. I had, you know, a couple thousand people watching it with me, helping them break it down, had a couple guests on to who, who follow these teams that can give us some context for the players. And it's just a really interesting way that I think sports broadcasting will get disrupted a little bit. So I'm looking forward to being a part of that in some capacity. And yeah, I'm just trying to do cool, cool things with cool people. I mean, at the end of the day, that's, that's what's up. I get to go to Champions League games. I just went to the Manchester Derby. Uh, I'm like the Ryan Seacrest for, for EA's FIFA tournaments around the world, <laughs> which is the best way to describe it. And uh, I get to, do, get to do and be a part of a lot of things. And it, and it wears me down at times. I feel like I'm constantly jet lagged or tired, but I wouldn't trade it for anything because of uh, the special people I get to work with and, and uh, the experiences I get to have. Well, Jimmy, I, I mean, mad, mad respect. Not that it, it's just not on different than your career. I mean, you just did it your way. 
and you you never let uh, while you're playing people put boundaries on 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 the heights that you could reach um, from San Diego whatever club uh, Rogues was talking about to uh, <laughs> to to becoming a World Cup player and uh, correct me if I'm wrong you were a walk on at UCLA. That's right. And um, and and man, you're just blazing your own trail and and mad respect. Um, Thanks, man. And that. Su- super, super exciting to 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 see your content come through my um, different social media feeds. And I always I always can have a laugh. That's what I'm here. for. I aim to please, Dan. You should be my publicist. <laughs> that was really nice. That was really, nice. That was really sweet. <laughs> hey, we appreciate you stopping through here on the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Uh, hopefully, we can do it again down the road. And you let me know when you want to uh, come join Dan and I out here in, in uh, Southern California and uh, and take in a game at Bank of California Stadium with the family. Yeah, I mean, I'd probably leave the family and just go join you at the Hornitos Bar. Yeah, <laughs> now we're talking. All right. Yes. What's, what's, All right, guys. Thanks better? for having me on. Appreciate it. Jimmy, take care, brother. See you guys. I got to say this, uh, Dan, obviously Jimmy was fantastic, um, but you kind of made a point in there and I wanted to dig a little bit deeper. We didn't have the opportunity. No one worked as hard or he worked as hard as anybody when it came to preparing himself on the field for the 13 plus years he played in major league soccer. And I'm sure you saw it as a former teammate, but I can remember all the way back to when I first transferred into play at San Diego state and Jimmy in the middle of summer, we would have two a days. And yet sometimes this guy would still be out running laps around the track to prepare himself to be ready for the upcoming season. Consummate. And I'm, ta- and I'm talking, I'm talking hundred, it's a hundred degrees out in the middle of the day out in East County of San Diego. Yeah, Jimmy. Jimmy came to Chivas USA, I think, in 2011, and um, we were both entering into preseason. Um, and I remember I had a, I was coming into preseason off of, I, th- I was coming off of surgery, so I had like a slow starting preseason, and I was working a lot in the in the gym. And man, the only other person that was in there in mu- as much as me was Jimmy, and he was in there as much as me when he was still just doing the regular preseason with everybody else. <laughs> I mean, the guy had no rest. And and I say those kind, kind words at the end, like this guy, he doesn't let people dictate his path, period. And he didn't he didn't let that happen while he was a player, and he certainly hasn't had that let, let that happen um, in his professional career and, and all the content he's creating. And he, and he just does it. He, he beats to his own drum. He's super authentic, wholesome dude. Uh, he's a really, really good dude. And uh, if you heard us there mention uh, Coach Jimmy, it's one of his uh, oh, vignettes, vign- vignettes that he does. Check him out on Instagram at, at Jimmy Conrad. Uh, you know what? To me, and I've told him this before when we've had conversations. Uh, it takes me back to what was it, Jason Sudeikis, when he did the he did yes. the, the 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 fake coaching mock up, like he was the coach of Spurs, right? I can't even remember what his name was. Right. I'd have to Google right. it, but yeah, but it, but it remind it reminds me of that. Uh, let's get into uh, what's coming up on the weekend. Busy, busy weekend, as always, in Major League Soccer. Uh, and both uh, teams will face some Eastern Conference sides. Let's start with the early matchup in the day, as far as early out on the West Coast, uh, a midday affair out at Red Bull Arena between New York Red Bulls and LA Galaxy. I don't know what you think, but I've said this before, and, and I'd be interested to hear from a player's perspective. I feel like there is a toll on the body when teams make that cross-country travel, whether it's going east to west or west to east. I feel like it makes it a little bit difficult for teams if it's not properly prepared for. Yeah, without without question, Rogues. Um, I actually, on the road, prefer day games because of it. Um, so, like, the early start uh, Galaxy at Red Bull Arena, I think, actually favors the Galaxy. Um mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you think about it like this, I mean, typically you you for a long road trip, travel in two days before and you either you might or might not have a a training session that day. Um, And then you have a light training the day before in New York. And then the next day is your game. And the hardest thing to do for me was to 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 wake up at, you know, eight in the morning. Actually, I used to always wake up like six in the morning, watch all the Premier League games. And um, and then wait, you know, 12 hours to go play a soccer game. And so these early starts like they, they, you, you get so lethargic from just 
waiting around on a on a game day. The, these early starts actually, I think, favor the away team. So uh, that's going to lead to my to my my pick. I mean, the other thing is we we should probably talk about is what the hell is going on with New York Red Bulls. Uh, they seem to have lost their way a little bit uh, this season, and they've only scored nine goals. Sean Bradley, Wright Phillips, uh, not having the the typical season um, that that he would have, and uh, they they seem a little bit more susceptible and just a little bit looser defensively. Um, and you know they their whole system under Jesse Marsh was based on defensive pressure, and not that it's necessarily changed under Chris Armas, uh, but they don't have the same continuity. And um, questions have been, you know, questions have obviously arose. Tyrion Rees has been rumored as a potential replacement coach already. Uh, seems a bit early for that conversation for me in the season. Right. Uh, especially when you're looking at a team that's uh, two, two, four, and two. I mean, by no means are they out of any playoff picture race. It's just, it's just too early. Uh, yeah, but I think sitting, I, sitting ninth right now is currently sitting ninth in a very uh, soft Eastern conference to this point in the season. Um, and I think, uh, I think galaxy go in with a m- massive advantage on their hands to be, uh, to be fair. Um, and I, I think galaxy go in and smash this one to nothing. Wow. Oh, we're going to picks too right away. Look oh, yeah. at DK. Yeah. Okay. I love it. I love it when we combine everything. So he's got he's got the Galaxy with a two nothing win out there uh, in Harrison, New Jersey. Uh, who and by the way, yes, New York has been struggling mightily. They finally get a win against expansion FC Cincinnati. It's Connor Laid who bails them out uh, to snap what I think was a five match unbeaten run. If I'm not if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, it's it, it's going to be tough. I, I also should add, uh, by the way, Dan, uh, one of my best broadcast moments ever uh, was when you've had so many. I mean, this is hard to <laughs> this is hard to imagine. It was a uh, it was a Fox Soccer uh, national telecast. I was working the sideline. I believe the final score was five to four. This is the Galaxy with yep. Landon yep. Donovan, Edson yep. Buttle, Clint Mathis. Uh, I mean the the David the names. They, yeah, Beckham game, right? David. David, and this was at the, this was at the old uh, Meadowlands giant stadium. Uh, right. giant stadium, yeah. And so, and then you had Thierry Henry, Joe I Cannon was playing. Joe Cannon was playing in goal for 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 LA Galaxy. Um, who did you have in goal for? You had I can't remember. It, it was a it was a international guy that was in goal for. Uh, uh, for I'll, New York, I'll, for I'll New pull York. this one up. Give, give, yeah, me, yeah, give, yeah. Me, give me a second. Yeah, keep going. Okay, so while while you do that, I will go to my prediction for this one. And these teams actually notoriously have had uh, goal explosions when they have played over the last couple of seasons. Um, but for some reason, I, I like your two nothing pick. But I, but I feel like New York is going to find a way to get on the board. Uh, last year, it was a three two win in Southern California for New York Red Bull. I think L.A. I think you're correct. I think L.A. does get some revenge and I'm going to call it a Galaxy. I'm going to call it a Galaxy 2-1 win. Oh, I was it Horst. Was it was it a goalkeeper Horst? I, I no, it wasn't. No, you've got to go for it. You got I can yeah. see him. Uh, water, 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 water. That's no. who it was. Really? Yes, 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 yes. I'm telling you, you go all the way back. Remember, Dane Richards was on New York. Yeah, uh, they had. Yeah. It, they had both teams had a ton of talent. They just didn't know how to defend, and so that yeah. was why the game. Yeah, then that game was just that game with that stadium was just packed. There was a boatload of people there for that one too. Yes, 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 yes. All right, so we move on to uh, later on in the evening for LAFC as they prepare to play host to the Chicago Fire. The Fire currently sitting uh, eighth in the Eastern Conference table right now. Uh, I'll start off here first, DK. Uh, I think because the Fire beat LAFC three one at Toyota Park last year out in, in the Chicago area. I think there's some serious payback coming, and especially when you consider how things went on Sunday in the 1-1 result up in Seattle. Uh, I could see a pounding coming here for the fire, uh, and 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 I think that Bob Bradley's going to have his team finely tuned and ready to get after it in this one. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping we might see um, back in the starting lineup for Lee Wynn. He's played some minutes as a substitute each of the past two games. So I think LAFC is going to come out on fire, and I like a three nothing LAFC win. Yeah, I, I I I agree with you. I mean, so Chicago Fire are 0-3 and one 
uh, away on the road. Coming to California is is a longer trip than than normal for them. Um, but with that with that said, they defensively they, they don't look very good. And um, Usted is actually helping them uh, make it reasonable they've given up 13 goals if david usted was not in goal um they may have 20 goals against to be honest he, he he's he's just a gamer he's just um he's a bit awkward to be fair his technique's not great but he makes saves and he's kept them in some games that they probably shouldn't have been in uh that said um i think it's a i think it's a shellacking um at the bank um and I, I don't want to pick the same as you, you know, three nothing. Okay. So okay. I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna just go four one. All right. All right. Well, I mean, to 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 be and to be fair, Chicago does have some firepower, right? Yeah. They yeah. they have they have CJ Sapong is playing in a little bit of a different role for them right now, but but he he is their leading goal scorer. I think he has four so far on the season. Um, and then and then up top, when you, when you look at uh, Nikolic, you know that that guy can put the ball in the back of the net. Gaetan is mm-hmm. incorporating pretty. His transition into the team has been pretty good. Um, Mihailovic, the youngster, playing alongside Dax McCarty, who doesn't love some Dax McCarty in there, right? This kid is just he's a timeless wonder. By the new way, fa- new father too. I was just gonna say we should give him a shout out, right? He just became a dad. Yeah, new father as well. He'll crush that as well. This guy just crushes everything in life. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, so uh, that brings us to you know what? Uh, we've both made our picks on these two games, and that brings us to the wild card uh, picks here. I'm I'm not sure if you're prepared for this. By the way, my uh, oh, my lead on. has my lead has prepared. stretched to five. My lead has stretched <laughs> to five. You picked you picked up two points last weekend, and I picked up three points. Well, I got I'm I'm picking an absolute lock this week. Okay. Okay, I like it. Are you ready? You want me to yeah. go? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll go. Philadelphia. <laughs> Philadelphia two one over New England. Okay. That is a lock, people. A lock. Yeah. Lock. Lock it in. Right. Lock it lock in. I'm gonna in. have to call. I'm gonna have to uh, call the Veasan Network out there on uh, Sirius XM, the Vegas Sports Information Network, with a few of these locks. By the way, this <laughs> last week, this last week, I do not get a point, Dan, for my uh, my wild card pick. I had the. Correct scoreline, I believe, uh, but I picked Toronto to beat Portland, and Portland surprisingly went to Toronto and won that I know. game. I, know. Uh, I think surprised surprised a lot of us. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and uh, oh. I'm going to say Colorado gets their first win of the oh, year. Oh wow, that's that's yeah. a big that is a big pick. Yeah, um, uh, it, it's a tricky it's a tricky week uh, when I when I look at this uh, in, in general. It's a tricky week, and Philadelphia plays Cincy tonight. Um, makes it a quick turnaround for them, but um, I, I didn't, you know, I, I don't. There, there's a lot of tight games. Which, there is a lot of tight which, games. Which, with that, with that being said, if, if we're confident in our calls with both LA LA sides, that means they're going to stretch the, the gap between the rest of the field again this week. What a good time to be an MLS fan here in Southern California. Oh, I mean, you have the it's, top it's separated by a point. The Galaxy have a game in hand. Of the top, if you look at you go to the MLS website, the top two teams in the power rankings. I mean, the Western Conference is dominating the power rankings. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's a it's 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 a good time to be a fan of either the Galaxy or LAFC. It just makes me itch for them to play sooner than two months from now. Three months from now, they don't play until they don't play until yeah, late we July. Got, we got quite a run up, quite a run up. Uh, there, there is one of the game that I was looking at, and that's the Dynamo at home to FC Dallas. That what do they call it? Is it the Iron Bell or something like that? The the the, the Texas Derby down there between those yeah. two MLS teams. Uh, that's going to be a great game. And then the other game that I was looking at that's going to be great is DC United have hit a funk, but they're back at home at Audi Field against the Columbus Crew SC. I think that's going to be a heck of a game yeah, as well. You're right. You're right. Those are two. Those are two games to watch for sure. Well, hey, it's uh, all come and went again, just like uh, we've done for the first two months of this MLS season. What's on What's Absolutely. on tap for you? On What's on tap? Tell the listeners what's on tap for you this weekend, DK. Because oh, I know you're a- still I know you're still recovering from stagecoach, but you're ready to ramp it up yeah, again, buddy. Well, yeah, you have to remember, Rogues. It is Cinco de Mayo this weekend, and I love any good reason to celebrate with uh, some <laughs> some tacos and beer. So Bonitos! I'll be back. I'll be back. Uh, I'll be back flying at uh, full speed come Sunday. Um, staycation this weekend, 
no no plans to go into uh, any games. Um, just enjoy on TV, hang with the fam, make it happen. You know. How about you? Uh, for me, it is going to be a busy, busy weekend, but which I am excited about. Uh, Friday night, I'm going to go check my boys. In fact, I should I should throw you an invite. Friday night, I'm going to go check my boys that I grew up with. Slightly stupid, they are playing an acoustic set at the Beach Fest down there in uh, the South Bay, Hermosa, Manhattan area, Ooh. which is going to be a ton of fun. Um, and in fact, uh, I'm excited to see that they're good friends with Bob Weir. As you may remember, Bob Weir from the uh, Grateful Dead days, he'll sit in on their set. So my buddy, Miles Dowdy and, uh, Kyle McDonald, they will be bringing the stupid fans out Friday night. And then, uh, I'm gonna take my brother to that. And then Saturday it is on to the LAFC game and then an early morning rise, uh, with the, uh, FS1 crew for some German Bundesliga. Oh, on, yeah. uh, Love with, it. with Jovan, Jovan Karofsky on uh, on Sunday morning, so Yobi. it's gonna be a busy weekend for both of us. And but you know, then I'll be done by uh, I'll be done by about eight. And yeah, I'm with you. A little Cinco de Mayo on on Sunday. Too good, buddy. Too good. Well, you guys enjoy. Hey, and, what a and, great. Hey, uh, hey, good, a, hey, I just want to say, I want to take some time to say good luck on your picks this weekend, huh? <laughs> that's 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 the little commentator jinx if you didn't if you didn't know folks uh hey another great another great week in the books our thanks to jimmy conrad for hopping on with us here some in unbelievable insight into a lot of different uh, topics yeah. check so him great. on uh instagram at, at jimmy conrad and you, i'm sure that'll have all the links there to his youtube channel and, and everything else that he's he's crushing it on dk have a great weekend enjoy the matches and uh a little hornitos and uh, we'll be back at it next week all right brother take care yeah, out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.